This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone, everywhere. I have good news. This Earth Files YouTube channel broke through 220,000 subscribers this week. And Ian reports that in the past week, Earth Files viewers have tuned in from 55 countries. And the top five tuning in are the UK, Canada, Australia, Germany, and the Netherlands after the United States. Also, a cosmic record was broken on a few days ago on October 9th, 2022. Fizz.org reported on October 15th, quote, record-breaking gamma ray burst, possibly most powerful explosion ever recorded. See the bright spot between the two horizontal lines labeled GRB 221009A. That's a gamma ray burst. It suddenly flared brightly on October 9th, 2022, and was recorded by orbiting X-ray and gamma-ray telescopes. Scientists think that it is a massive star, many times bigger than our sun, collapsing at the end of its life into a black hole. Here is a NASA illustration of what the gamma-ray burst might look like close up. Scientists say GRBs are perhaps the most energetic cosmic explosions since the Big Bang at the beginning of this universe. And this new GRB, October 9th, could be the most powerful yet recorded by humans on Earth. If any planet with biological life forms were hit by the gamma ray burst, all life would die in an extinction event. Here's a NASA illustration of the beginning of our universe, investigated on the right by the Gold Wilkinson Microwave Probe that saw this recent star's gamma ray burst for the first time on October 9th, 2022. But the actual physical explosion of the original dying star goes back in time 2.4 billion light years from Earth. This record-breaking gamma-ray burst was also visible to Earth telescopes for more than 10 hours, making it perhaps the longest-lasting gamma-ray burst ever detected. It was also the highest energy of any gamma-ray burst ever detected from Earth, 
Until now, there had never been any gamma ray burst with energies above 10 tera electron volts. But this one reached a record-breaking 18 tera electron volts as it flared and faded over 10 hours as seen by the Swift Observatory. Scientists at Northwestern University said, quote, We've been referring to this gamma ray burst as the boat, B-O-A-T, meaning brightest of all time. Because when you look at the thousands of bursts that gamma ray telescopes have been detecting since the 1990s, this one stands apart. What made this gamma ray burst so uniquely bright and energetic? Close quote. And what happened to any planets nearby that were hit by this gigantic gamma ray burst? Scientists calculate that if Earth were hit for only 10 seconds by gamma ray burst radiation, it could destroy up to half of Earth's protective ozone layer. Then, with the ozone layer damaged, ultraviolet radiation from the sun could kill much of Earth life on land and near the surface of oceans and lakes and seriously disrupt the food chain. Also, over the years of my interviewing people in the human abduction syndrome, a few abductees have told me that thin gray alien types with large black eyes telepathically communicate that their home planet was damaged by a gamma ray burst, hurting them genetically and forcing the grays to look for other planets to inhabit, like Earth. Military and intelligence sources say that one of the highly advanced skills the UFO ETs use to travel around Earth is invisibility, appearing and disappearing to human eyes and radar screens. Plus, abduction experiencers say UFOs hide in clouds. And once in a while, people taking photographs of sunsets, storms, and rainbows end up capturing mystery objects in the clouds and sky. Recently, I was contacted by a couple from Las Cruces, New Mexico, near the White Sands Missile Range. They wanted me to see a photograph that he had taken with his cell phone on June 2, 2022, four months ago. Their question was, is this a large triangular UFO hiding in the clouds? It was right after a late afternoon storm dropped icy hail onto the white gypsum crystal sands between Las Cruces, Tularosa, and Holloman Air Force Base. They asked me to call them John Smith and Jane Doe. Jane is 34 years old and a licensed criminal defense attorney in New Mexico. One of her grandfathers was Seymour Weiss, who worked in the U.S. State Department in the 1960s and 1970s in strategic intelligence and research, and was a 1980 advisor to President Ronald Reagan. Her other grandfather was a Turkish physicist best known for his works on unified field theory and his 1962 book, Modern Quantum Theory. John is 37 years old, with a U.S. Marine background in radio and satellite communications and security protection for diplomats in India, Japan, and Yemen. Later on, he did private security for Department of State diplomatic missions in Afghanistan. 
Today, he manages a social network company for technology employments. They asked me not to use their real names because of the still persistent concern many people have that if they talk about UFOs, their credibility will be damaged. This interview starts with John, who was driving with Jane from Las Cruces to White Sands Missile Range on June 2nd, 2022. Going down the White Sands and catching the sunset. We got there probably around 5.30. The storms were building up as we were driving down through White Sands Missile Range from Las Cruces. So we could tell there was going to be a storm. And we pulled into the park and it starts raining. There were massive clouds all around and the sun was setting. It was breaking through the gaps in a lot of the clouds. Pulled over at the Alkali Salt Flats. We're enjoying the sound of little hail pellets on the vehicle we were in and watching the sun set. You could see the area where the storm was localized over the White Sands Park. Rain and hail had lightened up and it was still kind of drizzling a little. Jane stayed in the vehicle, and I went to take some more photos, and then another wave of rain was coming out. So I got back in the vehicle, and we drove a little further around the back loop away from the salt flats over to the northeastern side of the White Sands Loop and pulled over, taking a couple other shots with a different angle, and took the shot up in the sky of this beautiful cloudscape and then when I looked at it, that's where the triangle was. I was blown away, and I showed Jane, and we were pretty amazed, and nothing was up there in the sky that we could see after that point. What do you mean that you couldn't see anything else? How long was that triangle there? I caught it by chance. I took the photo of what was a beautiful cloudscape, and when I looked at the photo, the triangle was in that cloudscape. So I didn't see a triangle and then get out my phone and try and catch it. Hmm. I was taking the photo and caught it by chance with the shot. And then when you're seeing it in your camera, do you look up and is it still there? No, no. I looked at my phone, saw it, then looked up to check out the sky and it was gone. That was one photo I had of it, just in awe of the experience and a lot of curiosity about, wow, what's this on my phone? And that's pretty awesome. Jane, did you have any reaction? The only thing was I felt like we were going to see something. And then when I saw the photo, I almost wasn't surprised. It was like I almost had this sense that it was there. You're taking this photo on June 2nd. Is this the first time that you have ever seen what would be in the category of a craft in the sky that was not human made? I would say not really. Like, there's been a lot of reports and incidents like this that have come out, especially over the last two years, you know, whether it's Senate hearings where they were showing videos of moving triangles and night vision on the West Coast or some of the other work. So seeing these types of things, I've seen that category. The triangle, the green triangle in one of the videos that was released, unidentified aerial phenomena and trying to open up the truth through Congress or whatever's going to happen. Yep, exactly. But I'd never had a primary experience where I was seeing firsthand, or in this case, took a photo firsthand of something of this nature. I don't feel it was anything biological. Can you elaborate more? Yeah. 
So both my grandfathers, Seymour Weiss, he was working on a lot of top secret things. That was my grandfather on my father's side. And on my mother's side, my grandfather was a theoretical physicist who worked with Einstein, Oppenheimer. He was working on all this stuff in Los Alamos, labs in New Mexico. Maybe I've had all these experiences my whole life because it's maybe connected to whatever they were doing or something. I don't know. And so Seymour Weiss is your grandfather on your father's side. That's right. Your grandfather on your mother's side, the name is B-E-H-R-A-M-K-U-R-S-U-N-O-G-L-U, was a Turkish physicist and the founder and the director of the Center for Theoretical Studies, the University of Miami. He wrote several books on diverse aspects of physics, the most notable of which is Modern Quantum Theory that came out in 1962. Did they ever talk about other life in the universe? My grandfather's physicist, he talked more in terms of quantum nature, reality, and things like that. And so I don't know if he would ever say literally verbatim there's other life, but I know he believes that. All of his work was working on the quantum nature of everything, and so he knew that to be the case. And Dr. Seymour Weiss was so involved with CIA and the Pentagon. Did you ever hear your mom and dad ever say anything about Dr. Seymour Weiss, your grandfather, on your father's side, talking about UFOs and ETs? My family was very almost like CIA in the way that they talk about things or they don't talk about things, really. So my dad had said to me before how you just would never believe the things that go on. Your father, the son of Seymour Weiss, told you you wouldn't believe the things that go on. Yeah. I asked John if he would send me all of his cell phone photos from the White Sands hailstorm through Dropbox so I could show them to a trusted photo analyzer that I have worked with the past 30 years on investigations of UFO-related phenomena. He asked to remain anonymous, so I will refer to him as an image analyzer. On October 15, 2022, I had sent the analyzer a screenshot of the triangle in the clouds while I was waiting to receive a folder with the raw metadata of all the cell phone images. And about the screenshot, he emailed back, quote, so far, I don't see anything in this image that says definitively real or fake. There are some subtleties in the cloud formation in front of the triangle that suggest it's real but that could be chalked up to skillful Photoshopping. My truthometer says 65% probability of being genuine, but I still need to see the raw file, close quote. After the image analyzer received the raw image files on October 16th, 2022, he emailed me, quote, thanks, Linda. Okay, the metadata is intact and the photo looks kosher. The original image on the left below had lower contrast, so it looks as if they spiked it up a little in the version they sent you, but otherwise it appears unchanged. 
The sun is behind the object and there's no way to tell the object's actual shape, but its corner angle is a little more than 90 degrees. So either it's pyramidal or if square or cubical, the top corner is leaning away from the camera. That's about all the information I can squeeze out of this photo. If I can think of anything else, I'll let you know. And in the past, we've seen a lot of questionable pyramid and cube images. So this one's a welcome addition to the database." Close quote. My video editor, Brad Stoddard, wondered if it could be an artifact from the camera while doing a panorama shot. On the iPhone camera's pano option, you pan or tilt the camera to scan the area to create the panorama. And in this case, it was a vertical scan. Odd things can happen to subjects that are moving while you pan or tilt the camera. The image analyzer replied further to Brad's email on October 16, 2022. Thanks, Linda, and hi, Brad. Yes, the aspect ratio means this is a pano. I've taken many panoramas, and I agree that the stitching can sometimes create strange artifacts but I have never seen anything remotely close to such mechanically straight lines or such a clean, coherent form in such a randomly natural scene. Normally, any pano stitching artifacts affect only a few lines of pixels. Plus, the whiffs of clouds in front of the object appear consistent with the rest of the immediate environment. So a pano artifact may the the theoretically be possible, but all things considered, it seems quite a radical stretch to me. As the camera was panned and tilted, some form or object would have had to become wider or narrower, depending on the direction of the tilt, precisely at the same rate as the camera's tilt rate, to the extent that it would create perfectly straight lines the chances of that happening would seem to me vanishingly small. As Linda knows well, I'm pretty merciless when it comes to evidence of anomaly, but I'd still give this one a pass unless someone can demonstrate how to derive this sort of form from a natural environment. If you look to the upper left of the object, you can see a larger pointy shape, but its outlines are nowhere near as precise. Any further thoughts? I replied, thanks a lot for the follow-up. Reinforces how difficult photographs can be to analyze. Another question. Can you estimate anything about the size of the triangle if it is a craft in the storm clouds? Close quote. The analyzer replied, well, this gets back to one of the thorniest issues in photo analysis. We can estimate the sizes of familiar objects in an artificial environment, for example, the height of a person walking through a standard doorway, because we already know the size of a standard doorway for comparison. We can also infer the sizes of things by the shadows they throw in an artificial environment and in other ways. But purely natural environments are fractal and have no absolute scale. A given tree or rock or cloud in a two-dimensional photo could be small and close or large and distant. On top of that, the focal length, the field of view of the camera's lens, 
can make things look closer or farther. The best we can do in this case is to make a very rough subjective estimate with no way to really nail it down. Assuming this is a real object, off the top of my head, I would say the obscuring cloud is about 2,000 feet above the terrain, and I could be off by at least a factor of two. But we don't know how far behind the cloud the object is, so that's a double whammy. On top of that, we don't know how much of the rest of the object is obscured by a cloud. Judging by the shape of the obscuring cloud and the bits of blue sky beneath it, we may be seeing as little as a third of it or as much as 80 to 90 percent. But we have no idea of its shape. Square, cube, triangle, pyramid, a saucer with a pyramidal dome on it, it probably is not a cone shape because that would almost certainly show some gradation from left to right. I found this research into this fascinating photograph uh, to be both uh, expanding and thinking about what more we can do with photographs and with video when there is something unusual even if we don't understand it in the sky. Uh, to go through this process and have this analyzer go through and do his analysis, I think is something that would be wonderful to do as often as any of you can send me photos or videos that are not just flits of tiny lights or uh, something that's out of focus. But if there is something that is substantially geometric or craft or real beams or something, um, I would be happy to get some really, really good photos to the image analyzer and keep reporting back to you. Now, also, this week, I asked last week if uh, I could hear from some of you who might be in military and aerospace, either through written letters or through proton mail or uh, through uh, FedEx. And I got a very interesting communication from someone who remains anonymous. But what essentially they said was that they know that there is at least one planning effort going in JSOC in the Pentagon, and that it has to do with getting out the first headlines that we're not alone in this universe associated with the Webb telescope, and that the target in the timeline is April of 2023, and that if all goes well, it essentially would be an announcement with the Webb telescope of a biological chemical signature in a planet that could not be uh, reproduced or produced by anything but what we know as biological life. So now that's another timeline out there to see countdown to, let's see if April of 2023, we finally get, we're not alone in the universe, even if we're not introduced to tall whites and Nordics and grays and blues and all the lists that we have from people in the uh, abduction and experiencer and the military whistleblowers. There's a big, huge, huge uh, pool of 
descriptions of extraterrestrial biological entities that have existed in uh, all kinds of literature. But there is one other thing that is happening in April. And it is so interesting that it has come about for April 21st to 23rd of 2023, dates which tend to be coinciding with other information that I have gotten from completely other different sources that have nothing to do with uh, the anonymous source at all. But they have been telling me from their work in aerospace and military that they think that there is a concerted effort to try to at least break open other biological chemistries that would indicate life on another planet by April 23rd of 2023. Well, that particular weekend, guess what's happening? It's the Portal to Ascension Conference in San Diego, California, April 21 to 23rd. And this is the first time after three years because of COVID uh, that they are returning live and in person. I will be there. I will be one of the speakers uh, with Alan Steinfeld and a lot of people that include uh, JJ and Desiree Hurtak, dear friends, Adam Apollo, Caroline Corey, Robert Schock, Robert Edward Grant, Barbara Lamb, Neil Gar, Deborah Giusti, Michelle Anderson, Larissa Stowe, Torcum G, Share the Light, Vox Angelis, Michael Cremo, The Stargate Experience, and the list goes on and on of more names that will be in the Portal to Ascension Conference, April 21 to 23. Put it on your calendar. Circle that entire week. Say, this is a time where maybe something is going to happen because it's been destined for that week in April. And it may be from the Pentagon to San Diego to around the world. Who knows? But we need to at least be trying to collaborate with each other, talk with each other, update each other on work, on people who are talking about experiences with other intelligences. We need to hear we need to share, and we need to do it in a collaborative way. We need to get away from the increasing political conflict over anything that seems to take over. So let's see how many of us can see each other at the Portal to Ascension Conference, April 21st to 23rd, 2023, about seven months from now, in San Diego, California. And if a lot of you get there, I'll sign autographs. And let, let's see if that can be a really big event. Who knows? We may actually be celebrating, finally, the headline that should have been there 45,000 years ago. We're not alone in this universe. We never have been. There's intelligences throughout this universe. And it's about time that Homo sapiens sapien was let in on the big secret. Okay, in the spirit of trying to penetrate secrets and policies of denial, Ian, what have we got 
in questions tonight in terms of the interests of people in our chat. Good evening, Linda. Many people are reporting their own sightings of craft that they've seen in clouds and hiding in clouds. Here we go. We've got Starseed Solutions who says, I had a sighting too after I left White Sands years ago. I live here in Albuquerque. I have a video of the, of the uh, UAP flying. Okay, yeah, Ian, let me just insert a quick yeah. question. Our promo question for this week, for this show, was do UFOs hide in clouds above the White Sands Missile Range? And the first question out or comment tonight is tying it directly to seeing UFOs over the missile range. How many people listening right now have had information either through military or being in New Mexico who would associate UFOs over these sensitive areas that are like our uh, missile sites, White Sands Missile Range? How many of you agree that there does seem to be a correlation between true UFO phenomena, craft that humans have not made, over locations like White Sands Missile Range? Everyone go to the chat and let's see what the uh, experiences are there. But we do have one experience here, Sexy Sadie says, in reply to Raptor Man, who says some of these craft are massive, bigger than football field sizes. Sexy Sadie says, we definitely do. When I left government service, we have three different types in 1990. The purpose I was not privy to, but I wouldn't be surprised if we had even more now. So she talks about their own, our own types or perhaps types that we are flying. So some people are saying perhaps these are ours. Others are saying, yes, they're, they're definitely ETs. And Ian, anyway, what is Sadie's yes. background uh, officially, formally? Sorry, what was the question? What Linda? is Sadie's connection, her formal connection with the military? All that we have there is, uh, Sexy Sadie says, when I left government service. Uh, yeah, Sexy Sadie, if you can tell us a little bit more about yeah. that, we'd be interested to know. Yes, I would really like to know. And if she can give us more details about the three craft that the United States is operating, I would love to know that too, if that's possible. Okay, and other, other people are saying, for example, Shawnee... B. Naturalista says, one night while walking along the Kern River, an approaching cloud flew overhead. The inside was illuminated. I could clearly see the outline of the craft. Okay, so it's like a cloud, but it has light inside, and that's how they could see. That's right. Another one, Angel Wing says, I took a video of what looked like a cloud, but it wasn't. It moved independently behind the moon and disappeared when I got close to an orb. So... Another one says, I saw the edge of a triangular craft. This is Lee Grass, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, she's calling uh, in from Arizona. I saw the edge of a triangular craft blocking my view of the star Sirius one night. The star popped into view as one edge of the black craft glided over half of the star. It was amazing. Yeah. How many? And do, do you have the feeling in the chat that... Uh, people are really interested in that because so many people have had experiences like this, but so many people are still afraid to talk about what they have actually seen that might truly be in the category of another intelligence and its technology here on Earth. I think discussing this subject has triggered a lot of people to actually discuss openly their, 
their uh, sightings and their own experiences. I think this is a safe environment for them to do so and to share what they've seen with other people who have witnessed similar things as well. Well, I'm very interested because I think we're uh, in a less cynical population about UFOs now, that there aren't jeers as much as there are genuine concerns and interests. And I think that uh, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon helped that by going into the lists of what are observables in UFOs and what are known about what they're able to do in speeds and stopping uh, after 12,000 miles an hour monitored on radar and something stops in the sky. That is not human made. I think that is a fair statement. That is not human made. And that the box for not human made, the box for extraterrestrial intelligence, extraterrestrial being defined as another intelligence in this universe, that it is growing and growing through now increasing numbers of testimonies of people. I interviewed a man uh, this past weekend uh, who had been on uh, a military mission in the Indian Ocean. And it's, am it's an amazing, I'm going to share it with you all in the future. But it's, to me, what we are experiencing is moving from when UFO ETs, nobody even wanted to bring them up because of sarcasm and ridicule. And now it seems to me that people are actually beginning to be enthusiastic about sharing and, and knowing. And that's why I wondered, Ian, if this uh, program that I did tonight, does it interest uh, our, our population? Because people have had so many sightings and don't talk about them. That's what I'm wondering. I think it does. And uh, people in the chat, please let us know. Please answer yeah. Linda's question. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Ian. Yeah, there's another reference here. This is interesting because um, magnetized light refers back to the biblical story of uh, when the Lord of the Bible led Moses in a cloud by day and beamed right. down a pillar of light at night to follow, like a laser beam, and similar to what people are seeing today. Yes, and the whole issue of clouds and the Bible. When I, I've read a lot uh, in the Bible, uh, and I remember myself that the whole metaphor of clouds, because clouds can have voices, clouds can have light, and it is as if 2,000 years ago or more that using descriptions and language about things that resembled what could have been interactions between extraterrestrial biological entities and people 2,000, 5,000, 12,000 years ago, that those humans would reach out to things that they could see and talk with each other about, which might explain why the word for cloud was used. I think so. The... Um Starseed Solutions, who says she's got videos of this, or he says he's got videos of this, says, I have heard that craft triangles and circles showing clouds, and I have, some, I have some images of these as well. And Nelson Armour says, I saw a huge black triangular craft escorted by military craft over the New River Valley in southwest Virginia. What was the date? 
Nelson Armour, please get back to us and yeah. please put more information in the chat. We'd like to follow up with you. Yeah, and the dates are so important because one of the challenges now are timelines. And uh, all of you always try to find out dates on anything that people see because when it comes to finally opening this up, it'll be less important because finally people will be encouraged to tell the truth. That's what we're waiting for. But uh, the timelines, I have found that uh, I, timelines are one of the most important ingredients for starting investigations and continuing them because then you can find when things are out of kilter with a timeline. But this whole issue of what has been seen, what has actually been seen by humans around this planet going back to World War II, before World War II and earlier, that is part of the information of what I know to be a true fact, even though we can't prove it yet. And that is that extraterrestrial biological entities, at least three different civilizations, have been based on this planet inside, in mountains, underneath deserts, inside huge caverns way below the uh, surface sphere land for millions of years. And that the opening up of the big secret, if it comes in April and we get the introduction, oh, finally, other biological life. We're confirming it, okay. If there's other biological life in another solar system and we're in a huge universe and there are billions and billions of other solar systems and there has to be other life, ergo, oh, well, maybe UFOs, maybe these craft that go 12,000 miles an hour and stop on a dime, gosh, maybe they really are from someplace else. We ought to take this more seriously. The evolution, revolution, is what may be coming in front of us. And so for those people who have been keeping things back because they didn't want to be ridiculed, this would be a very interesting time to send material that you've never shared to me at Earth Files. And what I'm looking for is to see if more and more interactions with beings might start surfacing and surfacing in a way where people will not be reluctant to do sketches or put their name to it. And then the revolution toward a planet that starts becoming more honest is what I hope happens. What do you think, Ian? Are you there? <laughs> Ian, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? I'm no. just reading the, through the chat at the moment. There's lots of people are now sharing lots of experiences. Uh, some people say that they, they have actually uh, sent you an email uh, reference the so-called TR3Bs, and that is, we can look out for this one from CY3ERK1D. Uh, they yeah, say but, that the triangle but I... black UFOs called TR3Bs or American reverse engineers. Yes, uh, I was just going to say, and, but I'm not talking yes. about stuff that we are making that the United States or Russia or China have. I mean the real, the real deal, advanced extraterrestrial technology. The, the people know that they've interacted, but they've been afraid to talk about it because some of it is so weird. And that's what I'm hoping is that we're going to finally start hearing 
uh, from people who start saying, oh, I feel like I can finally tell about something that was so strange. And that probably would be associated with real craft and real beings, not what we have built back engineering. That was what I was uh, trying to, to get to. So thank you for that. Yes, and many people are actually attributing them to extraterrestrials as well and the extraterrestrial experiences that they've had with this uh, craft. All right, what else have we got on the, the okay, ready well, to bat? Uh, Lee, Lee Glass says, um, I've had incredible sightings of two triangular craft with blue plasma light radiating from the underside. I think they chased an orb that I photographed and the craft then flew up out of the atmosphere. And another thing for uh, people who are having experiences that if you can sketch and you can use colored pencils and crayons and always try to use the colors that are the closest to what you remember for real, that people then people can see. And in, in my case, one of the interesting things is for a long time, uh, I was told that it was one of the details that the government preferred not to have the public know so that they could separate out whether people were seeing UFOs or something that was definitely earthbound. And that one of those distinctions had to do with very, very specific colors in lights on craft. And when you realize that there are lists and checkoffs that once you begin to have more information and education about what is actually interacting with the Earth from other systems that are not from Earth, that there are, there are all kinds of documents that go into these huge details about the configuration, uh, what uh, the lights are, what the colors are, um, all of these things that separate other intelligence from what humans have made. And so I encourage those of you who really have had interactions that you've not talked about, if you can communicate with me, but also put in illustrations with colored pencils and crayons trying to match, it really does help. Because I'm, I'm personally am trying now to expand the relationship that I am trying to now do more where something physical has been involved because I think, would you agree, Ian, we're getting to a stage where once upon a time when people were trying to describe something that was the size of a football field, by using that word, people immediately rejected it. And the, yeah. Yeah, and the, the physical parameters have been kept from us because of ridicule and derision. It's got to change. And now, if we have a new spring in the spring of 2023, then all of you right now could start evolving by getting illustrations and stories you've never told anybody or shown anybody to me. And I really am interested in seeing through the eyes of people, whether that was military, uh, whether it is uh, somebody in the abduction, whether it's aerospace, that more and more people, they have so much information that is locked up inside of them. And now is the time, I think, where we should start trying to tell more. So go ahead, Ian. 
Yeah, Rani Cruz says, uh, and again, this is good because she actually gives the exact date, July the 4th, 2021, I saw a black extraterrestrial alien UFO starcraft with red and green lights at Cold Tower, compelling. I was mystified. Did she have any telepathic images come in to her mind's eye or thought words into her mind? We'll ask her, Rene, please uh, give us some information in the chat. Also, Sexy Sadie, who's told us about those uh, government UFOs, uh, the triangular-shaped ones, says that she will reach out to you via email as well. All right. Thank you. Earthfiles at earthfiles.com. Think of a reporter who files news about the Earth. Earthfiles at earthfiles.com. And we've got AJ Ledbetter says, I was abducted at six years old in 1967. Today I'm 60 years old. Aliens are real and they are not her friends. And they're what? The, uh, AJ Ledbetter says, Aliens are real and they are not our friends. Like you say, there are the different types oh. the, uh, the neutrals, the hostiles, and the friendlies. Okay, he said, and they are not our friends. Judging by um, by AJ Ledbetter's ex own experiences, would you ask him, or or I can ask him to why why they are not our friends? For those who are, feel that there's hostility or they have dealt with it, please let me know that. For those who have had uh, perhaps uh, something healed and they think we're dealing with friends, let me know that. The neutrals are uh, less. Uh, it's it's harder to deal with quote-unquote, the definition of neutrality. But I would love to know from people who think that they have dealt directly with ETs and that they feel they are not our friends. We know that there are hostile ETs. And it would be very interesting to understand what is behind those words, Ian. It is. Let's, let's Linda, can you ask everybody to uh, like us and subscribe? Oh, yeah. Yes. First, feel a huge, 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 huge hug. I'm so happy that we have broken through 220,000. And I wonder what number we should put out there to reach to have another champagne party. What do you think, Ian? Well, 225,000 isn't going to be too far away. Let's, we, uh, let's make it that one. Let, let's make it bigger and, and like a real milestone. Well, yeah. Two, let's go well, for 250,000. And when we reach 250,000, let's do champagne and our Q&A and the videos. And um, one of the things, because I get so many requests for people about me autographing my work, um, I would promise to do like, let's say, for our 250,000 celebration, that the first 50 people coming in to a, a mail to Earth Files who say, um, I, you, are, you have already purchased a book or a, a documentary, uh, would you please autograph? And those first 50, I would assemble them as they came in in our orders through Earth Files Shop and the PayPal, and I will autograph. That's one thing I for sure will do. And, uh, and we'll figure out what other, what other things that we can do that would be fun. But let's go for a 250,000 benchmark. That's a good number. It's a quarter of a million. So let's all yeah. aim for that. So let's tell people to yeah. hit that subscribe button. Yeah.
Okay, and if you haven't subscribed, it doesn't cost you. It helps us in the Earth Files YouTube channel. Um, push that little red button down in the lower right screen. And if you like tonight's program and other programs and the work that I'm trying to do, uh, please hit that like button. And I love and like all of you back. Yeah. And uh, do you remember as well, you were saying about how the people were more open to talking about their experiences. Do you remember we had Shelley from Texas came up to us in, uh, in Barcelona and told us about that incredible sighting that she had during the Phoenix Lights in 1997 when she said her and her mother were in the backyard and they saw the craft and it was hovering over them or flew over them very silently and it, it was there for seven seconds. I don't remember about seven seconds, but I remember that we have talked with people and which you know in many ways that when they start really talking from their core, where they have not talked before, and their lips start to quiver, they don't outright cry, but it's an emotional response. And I see that in more and more people. And it means that people are living with interactions with other intelligences unable to share with their fellow human beings because of a political denial box that was created in World War II that no one was ever to know. The subject was never ever to be talked about in the public. And what an unfair, I know the argument it can be, well, people aren't ready. And that ETs have said humans are not ready. When are we ready for truth? Yeah, Linda, there's a question from uh, Mark A. from Derbyshire in the UK. He says, uh, does it frustrate you that the information you get from whistleblowers and the public and the government still denies everything? <laughs> it's what I call discovering that all our reality is classified. That's the truth. And once you understand how much of what this planet is, is classified, and that the only people who have access to the classified reality, we're in the, uh, the only part we have access to is unclassified. The only people in the classified reality of Earth are the power brokers. And the power brokers, I personally think, are both human, homo sapien, sapien, and extraterrestrial. I truly think the tall whites and Nordics and maybe others are involved with structures that have to do with decisions. So who and where is the champion of the biological experiment of homo sapien, sapien? that was preceded by Neanderthalensis, that was preceded by Denisovan, that was preceded by Homo erectus. We are a created life form by other intelligent life forms in this universe. That is a fact. And it doesn't bother me spiritually at all because from my point of view, the thought that dwells in the light the divine field, God, whatever word or words you want to use, 
the matter universe, the matter universes, the photons, the thought that dwells in the light, photons and light. That is infinity manifested. It could be an infinite number of universes manifested. In all of that manifestation, we are one of the created species by other intelligences who have or had a reason. And then we are kept in the dark about what we are, who created life on this planet and the universe in very specific ways, as if very specific experiments of a biological nature and other. There is no inconsistency in my mind and soul to looking at all of the matter world, all of the matter universes, looking at us as a created species by other intelligences. In no way does that contradict, for me, the presence, the palpable essence of the thought that dwells in the light, a divine field in which all of the matter, worlds, and experiments, and evolutions, and creations are taking place. It's so much like what Roger Penrose told me in the telephone interview and what Robert Bohm wrote in uh, The Implicate Order, the brilliant book. And for you and for me to come on Wednesday nights together and to be able to talk about that 2,000 years ago, there was as much a presence of other intelligences on planet Earth as there are now. And that people in the government who say, uh, we know, we have proof that three competing civilizations have been based on our planet in our solar system for at least 270 million years, competing with each other over Earth. It's all to me, consistent, it's all part of one big truth. And that in many ways, the spiritual component, the presence of a soul that is involved in all of the evolutions throughout all of the biological, matter, physics, physical worlds. It is the unseen that may be the most important. And until we are taught until we are taught what we are, until we are taught more about the soul's relationship with the divine, the thought that dwells in the light. To be on a planet at the time that the truth would finally break, we're not alone in this universe. We're not alone in this Milky Way galaxy. We're not alone at the end of this Milky Way galaxy. It seems that that should be knowledge owed to a genetically created species that is on a planet that might be one of the most wonderful laboratory planets in the Milky Way galaxy, Earth. Extraordinary planet.
and what is happening today around our world. A breakdown in comprehension of cause and effect. If we could take the revelation, the headlines that we're not alone in this universe, and look at ourselves, Homo sapiens sapien, through new eyes and a new lens. We shouldn't hate each other. We shouldn't kill each other. Maybe telling the truth that we're not alone in this universe, never have been. There is a divine field that is depending and responding to what we do. And if we knew the connection between what is happening in Ukraine, writ large, in relationship to a consciousness in this universe that feels everything, maybe truth and honesty finally truth and honesty finally among all the races, all of humanity, would bring us what I just crave. Total peace everywhere on planet Earth. And on that note tonight, I'm going to say I love you guys. I hope you keep subscribing and coming and we love your comments and chats. Let me know what your reaction was to tonight. And we'll keep on. We'll keep on going with the help of the thought that dwells in the light to that 250,000 mark, wherever it comes in the future. And we'll have a champagne party. And we will celebrate in as many ways as we can. I really, really, really love you, fellow human beings. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com.